Hi, everyone. Welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to this year's Oscars. I'm Nick Rokraut. And I'm Sophia Simonello. And today we have another installment of our Oscar contenders. We are going to be talking about some of the shortlist categories that were released on February 9th. And we'll be going through some that we feel a little bit more confident about, ones that we've listened or watched all of the nominees. And we'll be coming back maybe after nominations come out to talk about some of the other categories. But I think this is a good start to talking about the Oscars. Finally, we have made it. (laughs) (laughs) We're here, like, at least closer to that point, right? Right. (laughs) I think the short lists are always fun because you can kind of gauge how the Academy is thinking, which I always appreciate, even if they're in categories that sometimes I'm not as interested in as some of the bigger ones. It's still, I think, cool to see any major trends that might be coming out, films they might like more than you thought they would. So I'm excited to talk about all of those indicators too as we go through a good amount of these categories. We will be skipping over the shorts. We'll talk about those, I think, once we get the nominations so we know which ones to watch. And in looking up the shorts, I don't feel like a lot of them were available. So I want to give us time to make informed and good predictions on what Mm -hmm. we think should win. And I think the biggest change here, just another that the Academy made this year, increasing the shortlist nominees from 10 to 15 makes this much harder for us now. <laughs> yes, I was just thinking that. It's like it's way harder to predict in some of these categories now that we're already yeah. more challenging to predict than some of the others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get started with Best Original Song. Our shortlisted contenders are Turntables from All In, The Fight for Democracy, See What You've Done from Belly of the Beast, Wuhan Flu from Borat Subsequent Movie Film, Husevik from Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, Never Break from Giving Voice, Make It Work from Jingle Jangle, Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah, EOC or Scene from The Life Ahead, Rain Song from Minari, Show Me Your Soul from Mr. Soul, Loyal Brave True from Mulan, Free from The One and Only Ivan, Speak Now from One Night in Miami, Green from Sound of Metal, and Hear My Voice from The Trial of the Chicago 7. Lots of motivational poster contenders, like I mentioned on a previous episode. This year particularly. So the Academy goes for these big, rousing, motivational songs. And I think of any year, this is like every single one is like pouring your heart out, which again makes it hard because I feel like they're going to go for those themes everywhere. And it's hard to choose ones that stand out. You on our list hadn't made a lock for one of the choices, which made me rethink it because I didn't really care for it either, but it was nominated (laughs) at the Globes. So I've kind of rethought things. Do you have a top five here? So the song for our listeners that we are not quite sure about is <laughs> Hear My Voice from the trial of the Chicago 7. I do actually think it'll get in. I just am always dubious about calling things locks. I think okay. where I am right now, the two that I think are definitely getting in are Speak Now from One Night in Miami and Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah. I feel like those are pretty mm-hmm. strong. I also can see EOC or scene from The Life Ahead getting in. 
because it's written by Diane Warren, who has 11 nominations and zero wins. So I think we always have that conversation come up of, is this her winning song? Yeah. I don't think so, (laughs) but I'm not counting it out for a nomination. I think Hear My Voice from Trial of the Chicago 7 is a strong pick, and I can definitely see it getting in. My others that I'm on the fence about for the fifth spot, I can see them going for either Wuhan Flu or Husevic from Eurovision. I think some of this conversation will transfer over into Best Documentary, which I think Mm -hmm. is a really strong category as well. But it's showcasing all of these political themes and the importance of voting and what democracy means. And yesterday occurred to me, like, if they nominate Wuhan Flu, that is one of the most despicable things that they could do, I feel like. I think it's just, like, I understand that it's satire, but it's still cannot be one of the five things that represents this category in this year it's just so crazy to me so i don't have it on my top five i have it pretty low actually so i ended up ranking everything Mm -hmm. like you said hear my voice on fifth or sixth listen like i don't like this song (laughs) but it is nominated at the globes Mm -hmm. um it is in the short list and the academy in this category goes for best picture contenders usually Mm -hmm at least three nominees usually overlap. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're going with that, potentially Judas and the Black Messiah, hopefully One Night in Miami, and then that third one would be Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah. But they also go for one nominee that's like totally in left field. Yes. I mean, we should bring up Chrissy Metz and Breakthrough. (laughs) We have to. (laughs) The fact that we both had to watch Breakthrough because (laughs) it got nominated for an Oscar because of that song. One of the hardest things I've had to do. It was so, (laughs) so tough. And I, that was a big struggle. And, but again, Diane Warren, there she was. Wow. (laughs) So yeah, I think that's possible. One thing I did want to point out too. So Rain Song from Minari and Green from Sound of Metal Remind me a lot of when last year Glass of Soju from Parasite was shortlisted and people Mm -hmm. were like, oh, is Parasite going to get a Best Original Song nomination? It didn't end up getting the nomination, of course, but it showed how much the Academy loved Parasite by, you know, shortlisting it and then nominating it in a ton of Mm below-the-line categories. And so I'm wondering if this is positive for Minari and Sound of Metal, indicating that maybe the Academy does have a really broad, strong interest in those films. Hmm. We could, I mean, I think Minari is likely, but we could Mm -hmm. see Sound of Metal getting a Best Picture nomination from that. I I wouldn't be mad. Um, So with my wild left field picks, Mm -hmm. I think along those lines, they go for big names. So here specifically, we have John Legend singing in Never Break. (laughs) Never Break. It's like Breakthrough, sorry. (laughs) Which he previously won for with Common for Glory Mm -hmm. from Selma. We have Janelle Monae on Turntables. We have Christina Aguilera with Loyal, Brave, True. And then we have Will Ferrell and Sasha Baron Cohen, two actors (laughs) featured on Husevic and Wuhan Flu. So again, it's just all over the place. So my ideal top five 
nominees would be Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah, IOC from The Life Ahead, Never Break from Giving Voice. I think that's going to be our left field here. <laughs> Speak Now from One Night in Miami and Turntables from All In Fight for Democracy. I can, I mean, I can see it. This category is just like, it's never really my cup of tea at the moment for my five. I actually have Speak Now, EOC, Hear My Voice, Fight For You, and Turntables. So we're pretty close. Yeah, I think if Hear My Voice gets in, I think Hear My Voice would have to take Turntables over. Which could happen. I mean, people might see Trial of the Chicago 7 and check the box. But this is, I guess... The music branch is doing the voting. It's not just like everybody at the nomination yeah, right. stage. Right. So that could happen. Okay. So moving on to original score, our 15 shortlisted nominees are Ammonite, Blizzard of Souls, Defy Bloods, The Invisible Man, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, The Life Ahead, The Little Things, Mank, The Midnight Sky, Minari, Mulan, News of the World, Soul, Tenet, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. What do you think about this list? So one thing I'll point out that I didn't mention during song, but that I'm pretty excited for actually, is that Jingle Jangle is here and not The Prom. I thought that that was kind of cool that they went for that musical instead of The Prom, which I think most people were predicting. This category, I mean, I think it's pretty standard. It isn't too crazy to me. Some of them, I like. I have to admit, I didn't know what Blizzard of Souls was, <laughs> so yeah. I was kind of surprised that was here. I think that the little things being here is interesting, mm-hmm. and it's a Newman score, which I think should maybe sound the alarms a little bit. And the reason I say that is because, do you remember back in 2017 when people had their predictions ready for score and then... He got nominated for Passengers, that terrible Jennifer Lawrence movie. I still don't know what that is. <laughs> it's awful. He got nominated wow. totally out of left field. And I think that this branch, like, yes, last year they went for newer talent with Joker, but they're not mm-hmm. that kind to new people. Like last year, remember, they went for John Williams for the new Star Wars, and people were like, huh? Oh, of course we should have seen this coming. I do think we can count on the double nomination for Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I'm like still leaning that way of them getting in for both Soul and for Mank. Other ones that I'm like leaning towards, if I had to do a top five right now, I do think we will see News of the World. I know you (laughs) don't love that one. (laughs) I... Also think the Midnight Sky could get in just because it's Desplat, but I'm really hoping that Tenet shows up. That's my big wishful thinking nominee. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm hoping for it too, but I finally am okay with the fact that I don't think it's getting in. Okay. Which is very sad. I made my listing yesterday and I was like, Ugh, fine, I won't put it in. It just narrowly missed it's in Uh my sixth spot but an interesting thing here is from 2019 we had Terrence Blanchard and Ludwig Granson both nominated Terrence was nominated for Black Klansman and Ludwig was for Black Panther and we could both see them nominated here 
for Defy Bloods and Tenet. Again, I don't think it's likely. I do have that double Tren and Atticus nomination making it in. I have Minari in there. And over News of the World, I would really... (laughs) I think we will have Trial of the Chicago 7, and I would like to see Defy Bloods at least make it into score, because as we've seen, support has kind of fallen off for that film, which is sad. I think that Defy Bloods could benefit from the snub conversation, right? You know, it hasn't appeared on the Golden Globes or SAG nominations lists. And, you know, I think maybe come Oscar voting time, since we do have this big window, maybe it can appear places. I wouldn't count out to Five Bloods anywhere, really. I can see it coming back. I love the Minari score. It is one of my favorites of the year. I would love to see a nomination for Emil Mosseri as well. The Trial of the Chicago 7, you know, we keep coming back to it. Daniel Pemberton missed at the Globes even though he was nominated for Motherless Brooklyn. So I right now have him missing at the Oscars, but I agree with you that just the support for the movie could carry him in. I listened to the score again yesterday, and Mm -hmm. I put this in because it has different themes throughout. Mm -hmm. And where I felt like Tenet was more one note and on the softer side. Obviously, I, I love the soundtrack, and I think... A few of its songs are some of the best of last year, but I don't know. I don't know or think that's enough to push it to have a nomination. Mm-hmm. Whereas Trial could just appeal to more people again. It has more rousing scenes and it uses the music well in the film. <sighs> yes, I won't be surprised if news gets in here, but I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have a good morning. We'll see. But I will point out Hillbilly Elegy isn't here. So I think you're totally right that that movie did just die. (laughs) Yeah, not even for Zimmer. I mean, poor guy. He will have another one coming next year that we'll talk about. He'll probably get in again. Okay, moving on to Best Documentary. Our shortlisted contenders are All In, The Fight for Democracy, Boy State, Collective, Crip Camp, Dick Johnson is Dead, Gunda, MLK FBI, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, Noturno, The Painter and the Thief, 76 Days, Time, The Truffle Hunters, and Welcome to Chechnya. What do you think about these? This is my favorite category of the year. Oh, wow. These are so strong. This is maybe one of the hardest things of picking a top five. Mm-hmm. because I love so many of them. I think we're going to see, or at least hope for, Collective getting a double nomination between Documentary and International Feature. Mm-hmm. That is my lock along with Time. So my lock that I have is Collective because like Honeyland last year, I just I can see the double nomination happening mm-hmm. for that film. That's the only lock I have. And the reason why is because This branch really likes to mess with us. They (laughs) snub the biggest films every year where all of a sudden you'll just be like, wait, what? That's not here. It won every single award. Like, where is it? Like that Mr. Rogers documentary out Apollo 11 out. It didn't happen. So I'm curious, I guess, which one that's going to be. This branch is 25% international, which is like a pretty big 
percentage of it. So I can see them going mm-hmm. for more international films. So the ones I listed for them possibly snubbing Boy State, Dick Johnson is Dead, or even Time. I worry that time is too slow for them and they want like something more rousing. Yeah. And again, we've said this before, but time is definitely the one that critics have Mm -hmm. awarded the most. Doesn't mean it's going to carry over, but Mm -hmm. I think it's had a lot of support for a long time. I'm worried that maybe boy state is the one that doesn't get in. Mm Mm-hmm. It has been around for over a year since it came out last Sundance Festival. And I Mm -hmm. think it's definitely still in the conversation. But with Boy State and All In, Mm -hmm. I don't think they would put two American political films in the same group together. That's what I'm worried about. I'm very shocked by my octopus teacher being in here. So for our listeners, since we've discussed My Octopus Teacher last, I have watched it, and I did really enjoy it a lot. I thought it was it was very moving and very beautiful. I'm happy it's here. It also got nominated for PGA for Doc. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's an emotional movie. It's well made, but again, out of this list, I think we have much stronger, more impactful, mm-hmm. more timely themes. Mm-hmm that I want to look back on this group and say, yes, this was 2020. And there are so many things happening here. I, again, had to come to terms with some just maybe not getting in. And I really want Crip Camp to be in there. I watched 76 Days yesterday, Mm -hmm. and I think that of all of these, that's our one COVID documentary. And I think they could put Mm -hmm. that in just because it is 2020. And it's a chilling account of what's happening in the hospitals on the front lines in Wuhan. And I think another big one that will be snubbed is Dick Johnson is dead. I could see it getting in, but again, it's more of a social commentary and a love Mm -hmm. letter. I don't know about that, though, because I think it's like the most creative of the bunch. It's so interesting and different than what we usually see, which are these like serious procedural political documentaries. So I I just want to see something that's different, which is why I'm rooting for it to get in. I... Don't think Crip Camp will get in. I really liked it, and I know that it does have the power of the Obamas behind it, like mm-hmm. American Factory did, but Crip Camp is super archival footage, which I don't. they don't usually love. I do think Welcome to Chechnya has a really good chance because it was nominated in... Well, not nominated, but it was shortlisted in visual effects. So I think mm-hmm. that's a really good sign that it can get in. They usually, yeah. if they go for like an off-the-wall double shortlist I think it's a good sign yeah I have that in my top five with boys state collective time and I'm gonna put 76 days in there over all in but I think it's really close yeah right now I have I do have time making it in even though Mm -hmm. I can see this the miss and I'm really worried about that (laughs) and then I have dick johnson is dead collective welcome to chechnya and boy state i know that five is not going to stick or even i know i'm going to change that very soon yeah i think i just need to see more of these two i am so so excited to see the truffle hunters me too it doesn't come out for a couple weeks and there was a lot of praise for it and again it's something i could see Mm -hmm. that slips in because it's totally different Mm mm-hmm yeah, I'm so excited to see that one. But again, like Sony Pictures classics, just where where is it? 
Okay, now for visual effects, we have only 10 nominees here. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, <laughs> Bloodshot, Love and Monsters, Mank, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, Soul, Tenet, and Welcome to Chechnya. We have some we've been talking about all season. We have some that we've never heard of before. Do you think the ones that we haven't heard of, Bloodshot, Love and Monsters, and then the one and only Ivan, do we think those have a chance? I think of the three, the one and only Ivan, I can see getting in. They do love talking animals, and I researched a little bit of what this movie is, as in read the IMDb description and looked at some of the photos from the film, and I could see them going for something like that, as opposed to Bloodshot or Love and Monsters. As far as the rest of these go, the biggest surprise, I thought, was that the Invisible Man wasn't here. Heresy. It's terrible. That had such great special effects. Yeah, it did. And I watched a video with Elizabeth Moss talking about the visual effects and how dumb she said, like, it looked dumb on set of what was happening. So maybe it was like, there's a man in a green suit Mm -hmm. and, like, these simple effects that turned out very scary on film. Mm -hmm. But I still think it should have been nominated. I agree. I would have listed it in my final five if it showed up here on the shortlist. I think with Birds of Prey, what's interesting is that it wasn't even listed in the Warner Brothers FYC section. It wasn't even there. For this category or for anything? Anything. They weren't campaigning (laughs) this movie at all. And it made its way into two categories on the shortlist, which I I love. (laughs) (laughs) I oddly enjoyed Birds of Prey more than other comic book movies that people tell me are really good. (laughs) I actually really liked this in comparison. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Do you have any locks or like shoe-ins that you think will show up on nomination morning? So I, I know the Academy usually goes for refined here. They gave it to 1917 last year and previously to First Man Mm -hmm. over these big Marvel or huge action movies, Mm -hmm. which of the bunch here, I feel like would go towards Mank or maybe even Soul. I I still don't understand the conversation of Soul Mm -hmm. with animation versus visual effects, but I don't necessarily see Mank winning here. I think locks on my end would be Birds of Prey. I really want to say Tenet. I know they were missing. SAG stunt ensemble was like the big mess for Tenet. (laughs) Yes. Which is still crazy. Yeah. And I I feel like Mulan might even have a chance here or The Midnight Sky, dare I say. You know, it's a space movie. Gravity won its year. And I think that's a much better film with much better visual effects. I actually found myself laughing at how bad some of the like... (laughs) CG background work was on The Midnight Sky. The Midnight Sky, I feel like, will get nominated. It's a space movie, so I feel like they will go for it. As far as Soul's visual effects go, I read an article through, I think it was VFX Voice was the name of the website, about the difference between the animation and the visual effects in Soul and like how visual effects play a part in it. And it is like pretty cool. But I found myself learning a lot about how visual effects can play a part in animated films. So I could see it happening. I think Mank is that 
Irishman kind of slot where it got in last year for the de-aging technology. But we've talked about Fincher and his work before with the CG, like those animals at the zoo or the fire, things like Mm -hmm. that. Like I can totally see them going for that here. But especially like you said, a more refined film. But I do wonder if they would go for something a little flashier like The Midnight Sky or even Tenet. And Welcome to Chechnya, I could also see getting in just because it made the shortlist. And I feel like for films like that, making the shortlist is the hardest part. And one thing I really thought was interesting when I was reading the shortlist was how the visual effects branch chooses the nominees. So all members of visual effects branch are invited to virtually view 10-minute excerpts from each of these shortlisted films. And it's just on Saturday, March 6th. And then right after the screenings, they vote for up to five. So if you're curious on how they vote, that's how. So I'm also just wondering, like, what clips will they choose to show? I'm sure with Fincher, it will be the zoo (laughs) scene when they're walking through San Simeon. But yeah, I'm curious about that and how that'll affect the final votes, especially, I think, the flashier visual effects sequences will have a leg up yeah definitely which is frustrating because that definitely puts the midnight sky up front versus welcome to chechnya which i loved i the masking and demasking of the visual effects is really really cool Mm -hmm. but they're not going to have like a wide range of shots to show from it's the same technology through the whole film Mm -hmm. so chechnya has my fifth spot we'll see that kind of scares me though Mm mm-hmm Yeah, just a little wrinkle. I wish we had a better space movie this year. Like last year, we had Ad Astra. (laughs) I really love First Man. I know that that's like not that popular of an opinion, but those are better than the Midnight Sky. All right, we're ready to move on to makeup and hairstyling. Our contenders that we have here are Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, Emma, The Glorias, Hillbilly Elegy, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, The Little Things, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, One Night in Miami, and Pinocchio. What do you think of these contenders? I think I have five locks here. Five that I think have a really strong chance at getting in just based on the movies they go for in the past. Mm -hmm. I think they definitely have a period piece that would be Emma. You have like a really big action movie with lots of makeup and hairstyles. That's Birds of Prey. You have the transformation in, I guess I'll call it a biopic. That's Hillbilly Elegy. The only one also here would be The Little Things mm-hmm. and how they transform Jared Leto. I think of anything, we have Vice comes to mind, but then also Mank and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That's a good list. I'll note that this branch loves prosthetics. It seems to be much more about makeup than about hairstyling. So Emma, to me, stands out for the great hairstyling, not as much the great makeup. I think it can get in Mm -hmm. for sure. Like you said, a period piece there. They do love costume dramas, so I can see that carrying it in especially since I think it'll be a contender in other categories like production design or costume design. I have Birds of Prey in, um, like you said, an action movie. Suicide Squad, remember, won this Oscar when there were only three nominees. (laughs) (laughs) Academy Award winner Suicide Squad, like this could happen. I think this is Hillbilly Elegy's best chance 
to win an Oscar. The prosthetics are good. They really, I think this branch loves when you see stars kind of stripped down and transformed and taken to a place where they're kind of like uglified. I hate that, but that's just what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. And I also have Pinocchio listed and that is because it has some pretty cool makeup as in prosthetics. I haven't seen this film yet, but it got Mm -hmm. in and again, getting onto the short list is the hard part sometimes. And I think they might go for something super flashy like that. Yeah, I haven't seen Pinocchio either. I haven't seen the Glorias. (laughs) I really do wonder if the little things can get in. I can see it. And again, I'm scared. If it does, it's maybe a fight between Glenn and Jared. Is that (laughs) like who will win? I mean, I... I don't want to step on our Oscar predictions too much, but at this point, like Jared Leto is on my list um, for getting nominated, and so is Glenn. I mean, Hillbilly also has Amy Adams behind it, too. Mm-hmm. It's not like Glenn's the only one. Right. But I feel like of the little things, there's not as much done with Denzel or Rami, so it's more of a single handed fight. I'm sad that Promising Young Woman wasn't here because I think the makeup and the hairstyling in that film was really cool and worked really well with the characters and what I think Emerald Fennell was trying to achieve but they never go for contemporary another note about how this branch votes so similar to visual effects all members of the academy's makeup artists and hairstylist branch They get a virtual invitation to view seven-minute excerpts from each of these 10 shortlisted films on March 6th also, and then they'll vote right after on five films. So again, curious what they'll show (laughs) since it's just an excerpt from the film and not like illustrations or anything that they show when they show the nominees at the Oscars. Definitely Jared Leto like creepily waving with his brown contacts and greasy hair. (laughs) It's literally just going to be cuts of Jared Leto when he's only on the screen. (laughs) So let's move on to another fun category. This is the last one that we'll be talking about today, and that is Best International Feature. For these, we have 15 shortlisted contenders. Quo Vadis Aida, The Mole Agent, Charlatan, Another Round, Two of Us, La Llorona, Better Days, Sun Children, Night of the Kings, I'm No Longer Here, Hope, Collective, Dear Comrades, A Son, and The Man Who Sold His Skin. What do you think of these nominees? I know we haven't seen a lot of these yet, and we'll revisit them on another episode in the future. But just generally, what do you think? We do have quite a bit of overlap from the Globes. To me, it was interesting that The Life Ahead isn't here, but it is in Song and Score. So I don't know what disconnect was there. For me, the only locks I see are another round because it did so well in Europe and then collective, mostly because I'm hoping for that double nomination. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the only locks I have too. I think that they are strong across the board. I still think another round could maybe have hope at the Oscars and other categories. We'll see how that shakes out. But again, like you said, so much support in Europe and collective is just that type of documentary that the Academy typically likes is a very strong message and is also very timely I think right now those two are the ones that I have getting in for sure 
So a little bit about how voting works. Academy members from all branches were actually invited to participate in the preliminary round of voting, and they had to meet a minimum viewing requirement in order to be eligible to vote in the category. As it should be. We love to see it. (laughs) Especially, you know, minimum requirements. You have to meet those. Actually watch the movies. And in the nominations round, Academy members from all branches, they're invited to opt in here to participate, and they have to view all 15 shortlisted films. That's great. How many people do you think will actually do this? It's going to be a small number, so... It could probably be a couple votes that gets something in or not. So I'm assuming they're hoping that more people vote if it was only the documentary branch previously doing this. I'd like to see if more people do or if fewer people do all across the board because they have to see the 15. But I think if you're voting, that's such a smart thing. And that should be across the board in every category. Making an informed decision is just like something human. So I know. And I think it's it's so easy for us to say, like, oh, we would definitely do this, right? Because you'd be, just be so excited to get to vote yeah. and, like, have a say in this that you would absolutely watch all of them. And I found, I think, over the years watching the Oscars, the international film category always has some of my favorite so movies strong. that I end up watching yeah. that I think this is a great thing. I think also so 49% of the new class to the academy is international so a good percentage of that is British of course that's where a huge block comes from but I would be curious if this is a category where we do see a significant break from the critics a couple of others that have done really well with critics La Llorona out of Guatemala so I think looking at this this short list, we see a less Eurocentric list than we've seen in years before, which I think is really exciting. You know, seeing a film from Ivory Coast, like Night of the Kings mm-hmm. here is really cool. A film from Guatemala that's a horror film that's being celebrated. And I'm wondering how the final five will shake out and it'll if it'll end up being more European mm-hmm. heavy, like it usually is. Yeah, that's the other... Part of the conversation is, you know, expanding the shortlist from 10 to 15, getting in some of those other films in here. But is that going to help or hurt them when you have these smaller countries that don't even submit films every year? Yeah. So I'm really excited to see a lot of these. The ones I've seen so far, I've just seen another round, La Llorona and Collective. Mm. So I have a lot to watch, which is really exciting. I know Dear Comrades, I saw that was on Hulu, so I'm excited to watch that one. Night of the Kings, I thought looked really great. And I know people are raving about Quo Vadis Aida, and I think one of Neon's brands actually just got North American distribution rights to it. So that should hopefully be coming soon, too. Okay. I know The Mole Agent, I've seen that's on Hulu as well. That's so fun. I don't expect it to follow through, but... Uh It is a really fun watch, and it's pretty impactful at the end and where it goes. And then I know I'm No Longer Here is on Netflix. And I did get the Shudder free trial to watch La Llorona last week. So that was great. Oh, you watched La Llorona? Oh, we haven't talked about it. Okay. It was good. It's a good, like, slow burn Mm -hmm. horror. Very different from the James Wan, The Curse of La Llorona. Thankfully, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm hoping that can get in because 
we've talked about this often, but like horror movies don't usually happen at the Oscars. Yeah. But no. if it happens here, that would be even cooler. This is not uncommon for the Academy. So we'll see. It has gotten attention. It is a Globe nominee. But I'm excited to see all of these other films and how they all rank. And like you said at the beginning, I feel like we're finally here. Like it it feels like Oscar season is happening now. And we're getting closer. We have two months now instead of four or six. Yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're counting down. But we will come back once the nominees come out and the shorts are more readily available. We will talk about those. Yeah, and once we have nominations, we'll actually be going through category by category chunking them together in different episodes for parts of our contender series. So you all can check those out, hear our predictions, hear what we think about all of those films. And also, if you are curious, we have talked about a number of films that are either on these lists or that are considered to be front runners for Best Picture, other big categories. So feel free to go back and check out those earlier episodes as well. And you can check out all of our predictions for the Golden Globes and the Oscars on our website, oscarwild.squarespace.com. And you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at oscarwildpod. Yeah. And if you have any feedback for us or if you'd like to join us on an episode or have any suggestions, please let us know. Feel free to reach out to us on social or email us at oscarwildpod at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you soon. Enjoy the Globes this Sunday. Yeah, have fun with the Globes. We sure will be, and we'll be back again after those. And stay safe and wear your masks.